Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Bonds. Not James. We're talking fixed income today. And a lot of us are familiar with bonds, or at least the word bonds. Like, you hear it and you think, oh, I safe, right? I think that's probably the first word people think of. They think safe. So people therefore think of bonds as a way to de-risk your portfolio. Maybe you have a 60-40 portfolio. 60% of your portfolio is in stocks and equities, and the other 40% is in bonds. If you're a millennial and you have a 60-40 portfolio, you probably should look at adjusting that to a more aggressive stock portfolio, but to each their own. Anyway, that's the example I gave. We're sticking with it. 60-40. So 40% of your portfolio is in bonds. And I might guess that the 60% of the equities, you spend a lot of time selecting the investments. You have delicately selected mid caps and large caps and technology sectors and commodity sectors and indexes and yada, yada, yada. It's a well-diversified group of equities. But then a lot of people think like the 40% bonds are just, well, they're just bonds, right? But really, there is a lot of diversification you can make in the bond market just as much as you can with the equities market. You can have high-yield corporate bonds. You can have government bonds. You can have TIPS. You can have AAA. You can have B. You can have junk bonds. And it goes on and on and on. The bond market is as diverse as the stock market, maybe almost close. So when you think bonds, don't just think of a boring old bonds. Today, we're reframing the conversation on boring old bonds, and we're trying to figure out our true legitimate single purchase bonds the way to go our bond etfs the way to go either neither or both on today's show we dabble into the world of bonds and bond etfs should you buy one should you not buy one we're gonna figure that out today so buckle up you're listening to my millennial investor the show where i search the financial world for the most up-to-date investment ideas market trends and income streams so you don't have to i'm your host nick bradley let's get into it So bonds are great. They offer safe and steady, predictable returns that have low correlation to stocks most years and making them an excellent way to balance your risk and equities in your portfolio. However, for you and me, for the average investor, getting into bonds, investing in individual bonds is a pain. I know because I've done it before. It's not easy. The downside of buying individual bonds. Let's cover a few. It's difficult, like that right out of the gate. There is very poor market transparency. Bonds trade over-the-counter, OTC, as some people might call it. And there's no single exchange in which they're traded, and there's no official agreed-upon price. The market is difficult to navigate, and investors find they receive a wide variety of prices from different brokers. You just want to buy one government bond, and you go to three different brokerage sites, you might get three different prices. If I logged on to my TD Ameritrade account right now, I click on buy bonds and I click on coupon. It tells me like the expiry date, also known as the coupon date. It tells me the yield to maturity. And I'm like, okay, cool. I click on to buy this bond and then like 16 different QCIP numbers pop up. 
What's up with that? Well, they were kind of giving me the averages of these bonds, and now I have to choose which person I want to actually buy this bond from, just like I'm at like a used car auction or something. It's a weird proposition to find yourself. I don't want to decide the price. I don't want to bargain. Like This is why markets exist, so I can just click buy, and I get to buy it. But I'm sorry. You have to bid to play. If you want to be an individual bond investor, a DIY bond investor at least, you have to do this weird little bond allocation auction thing. So it's a little poor with a market transparency. The other option, if you don't want to DIY, you're facing higher markups. Uh, broker markups on bond prices can be substantial, especially like for smaller investors like you and me. One U.S. government study found that markups on municipal bonds, those are bonds you're buying from local counties and cities, can be as high as 2.5% markup. Between the markup, which is the bid and the ask spread, bonds themselves, fees just add up and add up and add up. If you've got a bad bid-ask spread, you're losing money right off the get. It's like going to one car dealer over the other to try to get a better price, and you have to do a little bit extra shopping to avoid the high markups. And then lastly, individual bonds have poor liquidity. Bonds vary widely in their liquidity. Some are very difficult to get rid of. Some are difficult to buy. And when you buy a bond, some of them trade daily, while others trade weekly. Some only trade monthly. Some trade quarterly. And that's when the markets are working perfectly. In times of market distress, bonds may stop trading altogether. You're like, whoa, uh, this is quite the rosy podcast we got going here. Bonds seem like a real pain in the butt. Well, they don't have to be. Some smart people have been trying to make it easier for you and me, the retail investor, to incorporate bonds into our portfolio. And that's where bond ETFs come from. Bond Electronic Traded Funds. A bond ETF, as I said, bond investments wrapped up like a stock wrapper. A bond ETF tracks an index of bonds and tries to replicate those particular returns, just like the S&P 500 index tries to mimic what the S&P 500 is doing. The bond index ETF is doing the same thing. And though these instruments hold bonds and only bonds, they trade a little bit more like a stock. So it makes it easier for people like you and me to buy a bond ETF. Well, the difference between bond ETFs and bonds are as follows. Bonds and bond ETFs may compromise the same basic investments, but exchange-traded funds behave more stock-like than bond-like. And here's a few different ways we got to look at. Bond ETFs do not mature. When you buy a individual bond, you're like buying a two-year treasury or a three-year treasury or a 10 or a 20, you know that you're buying it for two or three or 10 or 20 years. Individual bonds have that fixed, unchanging date at which they mature, and then you get your money back. And each day invested is one day closer to getting your money back, as well as getting the yield in the meantime. Bond ETFs, however, maintain a constant maturity. So that is being weighted average of all the maturities and all of the bonds at any given time, some of the bonds may be expiring and they're buying new bonds to put into the portfolio. As in like, let's say a one-year treasury is expiring tomorrow, they might buy a three-year treasury and refill the portfolio. So as a result, additional bonds are continually being bought and sold to keep the portfolio's maturity constant. Whatever the manager or the index is tracking, they're making sure the maturities track that thing as well. Bond ETFs are liquid even in illiquid markets. The tradability of a single bond varies widely. Some issues trade daily, as we said. Some are monthly, some are weekly. And in times of stress, they may not trade at all. In contrast, bond ETFs trade on the exchange, meaning they can be bought and sold at any time during open market hours, sometimes even after market hours. Even 
if the underlying bonds themselves are not trading at the time, you'll be able to sell your bond ETF if you need. So you're like, I don't know, when is that actually going to affect me? Well, it has real effects. For example, one source found that on average, individual high-yield corporate bonds trade less than half of the days of each month. But if you bought iShares high-yield corporate bond ETF, ticker symbol HYG, it trades millions of shares every single day. Bond ETFs. Bond ETFs pay out a monthly income. This is the main reason most people get into bonds. They either want to help diversify their risk of their stock portfolio or they want monthly income. And one of the bond's biggest benefits is that they pay out investors on a regular schedule. Most of those times it's monthly. Sometimes it's every other month. Bond ETFs hold many different issuances at once, and therefore they know what they're going to be getting in their coupon, and then therefore they can accurately distribute that coupon yield through a monthly dividend to you, the investor. It's pretty nice when you get that monthly cash flow going. So let's look at some bond ETF advantages. Bond ETFs offer many advantages over single bonds. They have diversification. When you have an ETF, you own hundreds, maybe even thousands of bonds all wrapped up in one neat little package. You have ease of trading. Again, there's no more going through opaque OTC markets, haggling over prices, trying to figure out what store is going to give you the best price, what person's trying to rip you off, what person's just trying to dump their bond and you're getting a good deal. Ease of trading. You say, I want this one. Click, click, buy. ETF bonds have great liquidity. They can be bought and sold at any time during the trading day, even in overseas and smaller markets where individual issues might be more difficult. You can buy a bond ETF, no problem. You have price transparency. With a bond ETF, there's no more uncertainty of what your investment is worth. ETF prices are published publicly up to every second of the trading day. And then finally, more frequent income. Instead of a coupon payment every six months from an individual bond, the bond ETFs typically pay interest on a monthly basis. So if you're trying to build a budget, a bond might be a great way to get going using a bond ETF. All right, I've been talking enough. Let's talk about bond ETF drawbacks. Let's jump into which are better bonds or bond ETFs. And then I'm going to drop five Australian bond ETFs and two U.S. bond ETFs that you should look into. We're going to do all that right after this break. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Okay, okay, okay. Welcome back. Let's talk about bond ETF drawbacks. There's two main downsides to bond ETFs. One, you are not, let me be clear, you are not guaranteed to get your money back. Many people buy bonds because of the safety and the risk diversification that they provide. But because bond ETFs never mature, they never offer the same protection of your initial investment. An individual bond, if you buy $10,000 of an individual bond that matures in 10 years and you don't touch that bond for 10 years, you are guaranteed to get your money back unless the company or the government goes out of business. Bond ETFs, however, do not have a maturity. So they can tank, and they can tank big time, and some of them may go to zero. Is that likely? No, it's not. In crazy interest rates, can you have a big down year? Yes, you can. Recently, some ETF providers have begun issuing ETFs with specific maturity dates. 
so they can hold a bond until it expires and they distribute the proceeds of the bond all at once. However, those are fairly new and you have to search them out. There's companies like Guggenheim, Bullet Shares, iShares is offering some target maturity date bonds. You have to look into that. Maybe that will be another episode in the future if you're so interested. Let me know. Shoot me an email. Talk on Twitter. Leave a review. You want to know about bond maturity ETFs? I'll dig into it. We can talk about it. So bond ETFs do not have a maturity and they can lose your money. Second thing is you can lose money if interest rates rise. Interest rates change over time. You know this. If you've been alive the last couple of years, you know interest rates are going bonkers. And when they do, the value of your bonds fall, and selling those bonds can lend to losing money on your initial investment. With an individual bond, you mitigate this risk by just holding on to the bond until maturity. Then you'll be paid its full face value, you get your money back, you get your yield, and things are well. Bond ETFs, however, don't mature, so there's very little you can do to avoid the sting of interest rates. Here's my personal example. For a few years, I think four or five years, I had been putting money into a Fidelity brokerage account, and I had been purchasing a bond ETF called TIP. It's from iShares. It's supposed to be Treasury Inflation Protected. That's what the name says. It did not happen to work that way. When Chairman Jerome Powell decided to raise rates like crazy in 2022, things went haywire. Luckily, I saw some of the writing on the wall. I am not normally the best predictor of markets, but I had heard that they might be raising rates. I maybe freaked out a little bit early, and I sold. I had like eight or $9,000 in this TIP ETF. Right at the end of 2021, I sold it. That was probably my best investment of last year because that bond ETF itself fell 12.5% in just 2022. So can you lose money in bond ETFs? Yes, yes you can. You need to pay attention to interest rates. So which are better? What do you think you should do? Should you get individual bonds or should you buy a bond ETF? Well, it really kind of depends on what you're looking for. For most investors, buying individual bonds is a pain in the butt, maybe even making it out of the question. Even if it weren't, bond ETFs offer diversity, they offer liquidity, they offer price transparency that just regular bonds can't match. And when you add intraday tradability, like if you hear your chairman of your central bank going to make a big announcement, you can sell that bond right now and help try to protect yourself. If you have an individual bond, you're just locked into whatever you want. And you know what? Maybe you want to be locked in. It's not that bad. I actually bought a treasury bond last year. It's a 10-year treasury. I put my money in, and I know that it's just going to yield money for the next 10 years, and I don't have to think about it. I don't have to do anything. I will be getting that money. But I put myself up to opportunity cost. If something better comes along and I want to sell that bond, I have to sell it at maybe, maybe a loss. It probably I don't think it'll be a loss, but anyway, it doesn't matter. I have clean train of thought. I don't have to worry about it. I know if I leave it for 10 years, I will get a every other month coupon interest payment, and I will get my money back in 10 years. ETFs, again, do not give you that kind of thing. So, yeah, I bought individual bonds. It was a little weird buying them at first, but the rates were great. And as long as I hold on to the maturity, I will get that rate. I'll get my money back. So I do think that true individual bonds can hold a spot for you. You might have to watch a YouTube video on how to actually learn how to buy them. But once you kind of get through the messiness of buying the bond, if you just want a simple set it and forget it strategy, that's what your bond is for. So now, We've talked bonds, we've talked interest rates, we've talked bond ETFs. Let's actually get some teeth to this discussion. Let's discuss five top Australian bond ETFs, and then I'll give you stateside two U.S. bonus bond ETFs you might want to look into. Number one, Australian bond ETF you might want to like take a look at is iShares Core Composite Bond ETF, ticker symbol IAF. For each one of these, I'm going to go over the fee and then a couple of years of performance. 
The iShares Core Composite Bond ETF, IAF, ticker symbol, has a 0.1% fee, which is nice. It's a nice, good low fee. Has a one-year return of negative 0.1. Again, interest rates went up. Bonds are going to have a hard time. It has a three-year return of negative 2.4 and a five-year return of 1.1. Again, not great. Stick with me. Bonds don't always have great returns. It's a little bit weird. The good thing for us right now is if rates begin to level off, this could be a good buying opportunity for bonds in the future. So you're going to hear some negatives. That doesn't mean it's necessarily bad. It's bad if you held those bonds. It could be good if you're buying them now. Bond number two, Australia-based. Spider S&P ASX Australian Bond Fund. Ticker symbol B-O-N-D. And yes, if you want to do the bond accent, you can. Has a little bit of a high fee for bonds. It's 0.24%. Has a negative 0.7% one-year return. A negative 2.8% three-year and a positive 0.9% five-year return. Number three, Vanguard Australian Fixed Interest ETF, ticker symbol VAF. Fee of 0.15, one-year return negative 0.1, three-year return negative 2.4, five-year return positive 1.1. BetaShares Australian Government Bond ETF, ticker symbol AGVT. The fee is 0.22%. Its one-year return is negative 1.5, Three-year return, negative 3.9. No bueno. Yeah, again, unless you're looking for a good buying opportunity. And then it hasn't been along for five years, so it does not have a five-year return. Lastly, Australian Bond ETF. Vanguard Australian Government Bond Index. Ticker symbol VGB. It has a expense ratio of 0.2%. A one-year positive return of 1.3. A three-year negative return of 3.3. That's interesting. And a five-year return of 0.95 to the positive. Let's get into American bond ETFs, and then you can stop listening to me and go about your day. So even though I tried tips before, and it felt like I was going to get burned, and I almost did get burned, I think it could be a decent buy for the near future, depending on what's going to happen with inflation rates. So I'm keeping my eye on iShares Treasury Inflation Protected Bond, ticker symbol TIP. It has a 0.19% fee, a negative 7.24% one-year return, a negative 10.3% three-year return, and a negative 4.4% five-year return. Historically, over the last 10 and 20 years, it's averaged 5%, which is nice, and it also has a dividend yield of 5.27% right now. Lastly, the last bond that I'm keeping my eye on because it is such a large, powerful market maker here in the States is the iShares 20-year treasury Ticker symbol TLT has a bond fee of 0.19%, negative 9.74% one year, negative, get this, 21% three-year return, and a negative 15.2% five-year return, even though the yield is 2.8%. That's brutal. And why is that possible good news? Because it's beat down. It's pretty low. It is a bear territory bond that might be worth looking at a buying opportunity. So if you're looking into investing in bonds, remember they're reactionary to raising and falling interest rates. As rates raise, your bonds will fall. As rates fall, your bonds will rise. So if you're buying either of these two, either U.S. bonds or Australian bonds, and the rates begin to go up and down, you need to know what you're getting into. As always, do your own research make good decisions, and do things that are within your comfort level. You've been listening to My Millennial Investor, the show where I search the financial world for the most up-to-date investment ideas, market trends, and income streams, so you don't have to. 
I'm your host, Nick Bradley, and we'll see you next week. This podcast is produced and published by Oregon Trail Investor in the USA. All information is for entertainment purposes only. The brand My Millennial Investor is used under license. Thank you.